George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Good evening and welcome back to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me, as always, is one of my co-hosts, Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Glad to be here. We're glad to have you, Gabe, because... um, Tonight, our other co-host has failed the pod. He has failed us. He has failed himself, truly. He's bailed at the last minute. Um, There is no Zach Mueller. I know some of you are are rejoicing, um, and I'll tell you there's even more reason to rejoice because we actually got a last-second fill-in. So our guest today will be Camden Mason. Hey, hold on. You said this is the basketball podcast? I could have swore we were doing football. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pumped to be here. Uh, obviously, not as much of a basketball fan as I am football, but uh, definitely exciting still. Your uh, your fantasy team reflects your fandom. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, my fantasy <laughs> team has just COVID. I'm, I'm just chalking this one up to COVID in general. I oh, gotcha, gotcha. Play four games all year, my first pick, so that's pretty clutch. I feel like. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Camden, before we get too far into this. Since you won your football championship on the back of players like Leonard Fournette and other backups who were in because of COVID, like does that championship have an asterisk or does this one have an asterisk only because you're probably not going to win it? I mean, I would say uh, the, the football championship definitely, uh, I would say that's the real deal because of the adversity I had to go through. I see. <laughs> and this one is just like, it, it finally caught up with me. So it's just evening out. But uh, oh. so I'll, I'll take the championship in one and sucking absolutely terribly in the other over being mediocre in both. So I respect that. I respect we'll that. Even it out. We'll, we'll be average if you just put them all together. Yeah, just uh, I wanted to ask that and get it out of the way, you know. Yeah, you definitely used up. Uh, you definitely used up all your your luck in the fantasy football world. So, yeah, I mean, like luck in the matchups, but like luck throughout the season. Like, I don't know if I would call what I did got it was lucky. I, like people were dying on the field for me. But, like, <laughs> nah, your player, your 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 team was good. Can't lie. Um, for those of y'all that weren't in our fantasy football league, obviously Camden was the one who uh, won our football league. Uh, and is now trying to shift his talents to the basketball realm. Um, and there's, it's been a little bit of a rough transition, but honestly, that's what happened in football, and you pulled it out in football. So who knows? You never know what can happen. No, I know that won't happen here as well. <laughs> put that out there for everybody. Hey, I'm trying to build up suspense here, buddy. I'm trying to help you out. Well, if anybody uh, needs a surprise, it'll be that. Okay, going into it today, um, so with Camden here with us, uh, we thought it would be appropriate for him to kind of be on the pod as we're as we're starting off uh, doing kind of our weekly picks and matchups. So we'll get into how this week's picks uh, that you guys submitted went 
um, and kind of what we're looking forward to for this week and where like the majority of those picks went. We'll, so we'll do that towards the end of the podcast today, but we're going to jump right into it. Uh, so Gabe, why don't you go ahead and just start us off with uh, how did your Houston Rockets do this week? Yeah, and uh, before we get into that, uh, just real quick, I think uh, a year ago today was a very impactful day uh, for a lot of us, and uh, I just want to make sure that um, like we do Kobe and then today Sekou Smith as well passed away, do them justice, and I know that those are two of the most hardworking players or reporters in their own field that uh, have ever walked the earth, and so I think we can all take a lesson from them in work ethic and in uh, love for what you do every single day. And uh, yeah, I, it's still crazy to me. Like I'm sure a lot of us that grew up watching him can remember like just being completely awestruck at the news and couldn't really fathom that th- that Kobe was the one that the the tweets were about, you know? Yeah. Do you guys have a... Uh... Uh, Kobe gave us so many memories, but do you guys have like a favorite Kobe moment? And I'll go first while y'all are thinking about that. But favorite Kobe moment for me for sure was when he tore his Achilles. Like that was awful. <clears throat> but then they like, he actually had to like walk back on the court and shoot the free throws. And he just like drains both free throws. But it just goes to show, you know, just like the heart and soul he put into the game and just like Mamba mentality, right? Of being able to walk out there on a torn Achilles and drain two free throws before leaving the court for, I don't know, what whatever his rehab was, like 18 months. Yeah. Um, I don't – mine's maybe not necessarily a memory, but I do know a quote that I go back to when I uh, am feeling apathetic or complacent in my life is when uh, – he said something along the lines of, I don't, I don't understand the lazy people. Like, we're not the same. Um, like, I don't want to understand you. And it kind of is a insight into the way that he thought about and lived his life, you know, like he wanted to be impactful with every, every step that he took every breath that he took, he, he didn't understand, like, just being complacent and not growing. And I know that helped me a lot. Um, Cause it's easy um, to get complacent in life in a lot of areas. And so, uh, yeah. I think that's probably one of my most impactful memories slash quotes of his. Camden, did you have a moment? I mean, I would definitely say, uh, I mean, I won't say the same thing as you all kind of build off of it, but like, uh, I know the Achilles, like in coming back and shooting free throws, I know like I had shin splints and playing a baseball game and I was ready to cry on the field and never come back and play. So, like, <laughs> yeah. And to, to think about like the amount of pain, I guess maybe so much adrenaline, but like just the, the sheer will uh, to come back. But but I, th- I think, I guess, other than that would be that kind of final game of him absolutely going off and kind of his final farewell to the game of basketball and just such um, a, an insane goodbye. Yeah, it was poetic, for sure. Yeah, for sure. One, uh, one quick story here before we move on. So last year <clears throat> at this time, I was still a basketball coach for the varsity team that I was, uh, that I was coaching in College Station. And we had a game like two days, uh, one or two days after he passed away. And we played this team and we were like destroying them. Uh, we, we, we get up to like 79 or 80 points 
and uh like one of the players on my team he comes up and he was like hey can we try to score 81 points like uh would you be okay with that as, as kind of a kobe tribute and so like one thing that ended up being really cool is we were we were one point away from doing it and there was only about like 30 seconds left and so i I was like trying to tell my kids not to score but the opposing team actually like intentionally fouled us uh so that we could go to the free throw line and one of my kids like he hit the first free throw and then of course missed the second one on purpose just so he could get 81 points but it was really neat because like it wasn't any of the adults that had made those decisions it was all on the kids of like wanting to make a tribute to Kobe and just how much he meant to them and like all this stuff. So it was a, it was a really cool and bittersweet moment, I guess, um, yeah. to be a part of something like that. Yeah. I feel just like that was so a... crazy. Like right after that, you saw so many, like, I guess you call it coincidence of like, I think Trey young, whatever he, like they both were, was it Donovan Mitchell? And they both kind of like went back and forth, but they ended up like, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was basically like eight and 24 and different things. Like it's like, yeah. It just happened to be coincidence that was kind of coming apart like as it happened and stuff like that. I yeah. Like so much to it. Yeah, absolutely. So great idea, but, uh, Gabe, to uh, give that that tribute. Did uh, you have more? Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 I was just gonna say that his legacy will live on uh, long, far longer than uh, any of ours, and so, and that's rightfully so. But getting into the Rockets. Um, I don't have much on the Rockets this week. We still can't like field our entire healthy squad. And so uh, today we have uh, John Wall uh, is back and no Christian Wood. And so we've got Boogie Cousins starting and we've been going small sometimes. Um, and it's been kind of working. I think that last time we checked, we were in a close game with the uh, Wizards. And so I I'm just, I, I like... I'm waiting for this team to kind of get all together so I can make an eye test judgment. But um, I guess big news since we last had this podcast is that we uh, we signed, um, is it Kevin Porter Jr. from the Cavs, right? Yes. Yeah. He's a former first-round pick um, and had some off-the-court issues that uh, some of our coaching staff decided that we were equipped to take on. And so uh, we'll see if anything comes of that. But like I said, I think we're about six and nine right now. Uh, hopefully we can um, continue just building that chemistry uh, amongst the starting lineup. And yeah, definitely a fun team to watch right now. But um, I'm excited to see the development of the starting lineup and the bench unit as uh, as the days go on. So it's funny because you guys are six and nine, the Thunder are seven and nine, and the Mavericks are eight and nine. Mm -hmm. So it's like all three of our teams are all right, right there together. Uh, so oh. y'all are the y'all are twelfth seed in the West. The Thunder are the eleventh, and the Mavs are the tenth. So, we did uh, we did beat the Mavs, so that was cool. Oh yeah, I can't really rub it in uh, Zach's face because he's not here. But we did why. beat the Mavs with like a JV squad. Bro, that's why so. he's skipping. It makes so much more sense now. It does. It um, does. I guess for a Thunder update, so we played the Clippers twice this week, and then we played the Blazers last night. The Clippers games, the final scores are a lot closer than those games actually were. 
so we lost by 14 the first time we played the Clippers, but really it was like a 20-point game almost the entire time. And then we lost by eight the second time we played them. And uh, that one, again, really wasn't even close either. Last night against the Blazers, that ended up being a really fun game. So I don't know if you guys saw, but Damian Lillard dropped a new shoe. And mm-hmm. he, well, I guess he dropped a new colorway. And it was actually in the Thunder Colors. And he did this intentionally because uh, this was in tribute to his big shot he had hit over Paul George when he was on the Thunder um, that essentially like ended our franchise, quote unquote. You remember mm-hmm. the shot in the playoffs where he oh, like yeah. waved goodbye, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So he comes out with this colorway yesterday on the Thunder when he's about to take on the Thunder. And we ended up beating him. Uh, we won by three. He, uh, Lillard did not have a good game, uh, really at all. He did not shoot the ball well. Uh, he ended with 26 points, but, uh, took him quite a few shots to get there. Lou Dort was really just like clamping him up. There was a nice defensive video that was circling around Twitter for a bit. Um, but it, that was really cool. Cause it was kind of like Dame was trying to go at OKC. And then on the same day he does that, like he loses to this team that's really supposed to be bad (laughs) you know and so uh it was it was fun it was fun i will say i uh like these games are a lot of fun to see i really hope that it doesn't bite the thunder later on like i would hate to be just a couple games ahead of somebody because we're winning these games now um so i i enjoy seeing our young guys do well um, if our young guys are the reason we're winning, I guess I'm more okay with that than if it's the old guys. And right now it's, it's the young guys that are carrying us. So that's really all I had on the thunder. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, in that game against the trailblazers yesterday, I wrote a little bit, um, in my podcast notes when we get to Camden's team, since he has mellow on his team, but do you know the, uh, the oldest player that y'all started last night? Yeah, he was he was uh twenty two, right? I think it's yeah, it was I think Ro- it's Shay. Roby, and he's about to oh, turn twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone else is like, like y'all started such a young team yesterday against the Trailblazers at home and pulled out the win. And I I think that that's best case scenario for the Thunder this year. I know that you would want a higher draft pick, but right. I actually think like getting player development, players' confidence is a lot more important. Like, if they see that they can go toe-to-toe with the best players in the NBA, like, that's going to rebuild your franchise a lot faster than, like, an elite draft pick. So I think that that's a lot more important is getting these young guys out on the court, having them match up with some of the best players in the NBA on a nightly basis, learn their tendencies, and, uh, like, be able to compete faster so that those draft picks then are just um, more able to just be fitting pieces rather than, like, I'm going to build a franchise around you players, you know? Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I'm, I'm not trying to like sound super disappointed that we won a game. Uh, I'm absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> so sorry if I'm coming off like that. Uh, our development's been awesome. You know, like each week I feel like I have a new guy that I get to talk about who's done really well. Um, yeah. and I could go into, uh, to your point. So it, it actually was a very young starting lineup. It was the second, or I'm sorry, the seventh youngest lineup, starting lineup oh, wow. ever. 
um, and it's actually all of the ones that were younger than that lineup last night lost the game that they started in hey. so it's the yeah <laughs> it's the go. youngest starting lineup to win an nba game ever so that's, that's a pretty cool stat that is a cool stat camden so instead of like going over um how the Mavs did this week. I actually, I would love to get your thoughts on Luca. Like, I know you're not, I know you're not a super hardcore fan, but we've, we hear Zach's thoughts all the time, um, just on Luca. And I would love to know, like, what a casual Mavs fan thinks about Luca and just like how he's propelling this team forward and what the future looks like for you guys. Like, I would just love to hear what your thoughts were. Sure. I mean, I, I would definitely say we're in a much better spot than we were, what, two or three years ago when Dennis Smith was the, the main building piece to our team. <laughs> that guy was uh, a beast. Yeah, yeah. Is he, I mean, he's with the Knicks still, but it, actually, is he even with the Knicks still, or did he get moved out? I, don't, I was about to look it up. I, I think <laughs> he's still, no, nah, so, I'm pretty uh, sure he's still there, but yeah. But yeah, so that's it. I mean, I, I feel like Carlisle always kind of just does that with the point guard. He kind of gets the most out of them as long as they're not hard-headed and kind of going against everything he says, which I feel like that was kind of the dilemma with him. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're definitely in a better spot with Luca uh, and KP when he's healthy, obviously. Um, but it is concerning that it takes a 30-point triple-double for the, the Mavs to win, and I guess that's not even true uh, when you lose to the Nuggets. He did, what, 35 and triple-double last night? Yeah, I think I put it in the uh, sleeper app. Uh, yeah, uh, which I also, I mean, just going to the Nuggets game, I, I was a big fan of seeing my starting point guard get ejected for punching somebody in the nuts. Uh, I was a huge fan of that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, back to Luca. I mean, like, he is young, and I understand there will be growing pains. Uh, I think shot selection is always a, a concern with the 50-foot the setback threes. Um Obviously, when they go in, it's a highlight reel, but it's just not realistically a good shot, analytically a good shot, anything about it a good shot other than for the Mavs PR team. But I mean, like, all right, right now it's kind of tough. And I mean, I feel like this is kind of for everybody's team, but kind of COVID kind of crushing everybody. I know uh, Kleba has been out, and I don't even know if they've even announced any kind of timetable or anything of when he would be back. I know it hit him hard. Um, and we have a few other players. So, I mean, like, it's tough in general, uh, especially going from last year where we kind of competed with the Clippers and everything. Um, I think Luca will be good in the long term. I am afraid that if he doesn't get some type of help, uh, he, we might not see him for uh, a Dirk-type career. I think that's kind of a... A concern, especially with kind of how the league is these days, where if your team is kind of, I guess with the exception of a few people, but like if your team is kind of not doing too well or you're kind of consistently mediocre, um, I guess that's kind of at the tanking point where at a certain point tanking is just kind of bad culture. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think at a certain point you have to win. And I mean, obviously, playoffs and everything competed with the Clippers, who were probably the the fan favorite to win it all than the Lakers. So, I mean, like, you, you're, you're there. You're competing. Yeah. I think you're a piece or two away from kind of maybe making that full run. Um, or, I mean, if I'm Zach, then maybe you're a few calls from the refs away from 
<laughs> great uh, shout out. Great shout out. Which I mean, the Porzingis uh, ejection was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, I, I will fully stand behind Zach on that one. That was terrible. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I love Luca. I mean, he's and I guess that's because he is just an act, like an absolute marketing phenom. Like everything he does, it's like oh, there's a highlight. Like he'll make a pass, and it's like wow, that doesn't even look realistic of like how he made the ball even go yeah. that direction, things like that. I mean, he's fun to watch. I think uh, the Mavericks, just in general, are growing uh, internationally, kind of similar to how Dirk was. So, I mean, it's fun. It's bringing Mavs fans, and as long as he kind of sticks around and wins some games and consistently gets to the playoffs, he'll be good. But uh, there's there's growing pains, and I'm sure the shot selection will figure itself out. So, we'll see. But I'm a fan. Nice. Circling, uh, circling back to Dennis Smith, he is still – on the Knicks, but he's in that crowded backcourt. They've got like Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers, Quickly, Bullock. They're all kind of fighting for minutes. And uh, this article, um, it has some NBA scouts that are cited, and they don't really see him developing much. It's a, like one of them said, quote, Dennis Smith does not see the floor as a true point guard, end quote. And so that's kind of in, indictful, I guess, of a fourth-year pro. And then another one says that his his feet uh, look his feel for the game is he has zero feel for the game is what he said so zero feet does not for the look game. like he's out. yeah well I thought it was feet like defensive you know like yeah. he, maybe he's not really sliding well but it was feel zero feel for the game so it's just I guess poor decision making and uh, poor shooting get you out of the league out of the rotation pretty quick especially when you got rookies like quickly dropping thirty one on a random night yep. Thing that Colin Sexton, uh, Sexton too, kind of whenever he came in, it was like he, he didn't seem like he was very good at basketball after. And like, I mean, I feel like that's kind of worked out. But I mean, yeah. I will agree that Dennis Smith, I don't think he's that great. Yeah, it's hard because I feel like there is a fine line between like players who you could develop into great players, but like have some growing pains, and then just players who are like you just missed on as a as a team and as a prospect you know i think that um like hitting and missing a lot of times is just one coaching decision uh difference that's true yeah absolutely well boys you got anything else that we wanted to talk about on our teams no i'm good all right i mean the jobs are clearly the best (laughs) that's true that's a great point um let's go ahead and move on to more of our fantasy league um, I don't think we we hit on the previous trade of um, DeAndre Ayton. I think was in that trade along with Peyton Pritchard, and there was picks or something like that. Yeah, we did we did that trade. Okay, so I don't think there was any other trades in between that one and now. So mm-hmm. if you guys are listening, let's get back on those trades so that we have content to talk about. Um, yeah. Even if you got to screw we, your team, uh, it's all for the content. Well, I was going to say uh, we could if we wanted to add a segment because this podcast always runs short, you know, but we could yeah. break, down the, <laughs> break down the trade block like we had been in the, another podcast. Yeah, that might be a good good idea but, on but one if, of our pods if, forward. If, if the league slows down like action wise, just give us something to talk about for teams changing hands yeah. or players changing hands. I mean, that's not a bad idea at all. Um, but not this time. No. So let's go ahead and do our matchup review for week five. 
Swag. And we're going to start with, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. Let's start with uh, Garrett versus myself. So we had the Penis Punchers 2.0 versus H-Town Tears Presty to Goat. I'm still struggling saying my own name, but we're going to leave it. <clears throat> um, Garrett ended up taking this matchup 6-2. to two. Uh, the categories that he won were free throw percentage, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and points. The two categories that I ended up winning were field goal percentage and three-pointers made. Just a side note, going into the last night of this matchup, I think I was either getting 8-0'd or 7-1. So I was actually kind of happy with the 2-6 result. Nice. Uh, Gabe, uh, so what... What was your yeah? Sorry, what was your outlook on this game? Oh yeah. Uh, so for Garrett's team, Clint Capella had 18 blocks this week, including 10 in one game. Like just sheesh, man. That's an insane. He might be one of the best players to ever come through the Rockets. Maybe not best, but underrated that we've ever traded. Like he's so good still, even on the Hawks. Gabe, um, y'all literally just traded James Harden. <laughs> He does not get the title well, of best yeah, players. Yeah, I, I didn't mean like best. I meant like best value for the player for oh, the player that they okay. like, that they received. Like okay, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like yeah, it was I like do. the best I trade, do. not the best player. Like objectively, gotcha. But um, anyways, Kelly Olynyk's minutes uh, for Garrett's team have also been trending down. Um, most notably, to play Andre Iguodala. And this is without Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and Avery Bradley. And so that is something to monitor, I feel like, on Garrett's team. uh, Because Kelly Olenek had been a decent contributor to his threes, his blocks, and his free throw percentage. Also, uh, Dennis Schroeder and Blake Griffin, uh, they have to be like some of the most frustrating fantasy assets in the world. Because I feel like those two guys, they could get you like 19-7-7 one night. And then like the next night against the exact same team go like six, two and two. Like, it's just the yeah. usage is all over the place. The like consistency of uh, just box score stats and scoring is all over the place. Like it's, it's just confusing to roster guys like that, uh, especially because um, like they, there's other options there offensively and it just, it makes things confusing. I'm sure yeah. uh, to decide what to do with them. Uh, he did still win 6-2-0, though, so I'm not too worried about his team. For Cam, um, your minutes were still low this week, but they did ramp back up a bit. Um, I will say, though, with players like DeAndre Jordan and Al Horford, uh, low minutes may be what we can expect for the rest of the season. Because let's take DeAndre Jordan, for example. He played 20 minutes last night yeah. in a close game without a single other true center on the Nets roster. So when Nick Claxton gets healthy and he, if he plays like decent at like literally above average or even just average, I think that these DeAndre Jordan minutes could just disappear. Um, he is a very different player than the DeAndre Jordan that was a, an all-star at one point. Yeah. Also, I will say with uh, Al Horford, the development of Isaiah Roby, this is what I was talking about earlier with the Thunder. It's a lot more important to develop Isaiah players like Isaiah Roby rather than give Al Horford big minutes because Al Horford is not 
like a cornerstone of your franchise moving forward. And so like, even if he gives you a better chance to win quote unquote, like I still think that for the franchise, you're not going to see like a 34, 36 minute Al Horford game. If they, I mean, if, if Dagnall sees it the same way that most of us do in a more realistic lens, um, I feel like Roby has played well enough to deserve um, like that development or those minutes in development. And um, for rebounds, um, you were 12th overall on the week because outside of DeAndre Jordan, no one on your team had more than 19 rebounds on the week. And I kept cutting you off. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to finish my thoughts. So what were you? what did you have to say? Oh, no, no, you're good. I was just sitting there agreeing <laughs> with you. On what yeah. you were saying. Um, I did want to mention on the Al Horford thing. So he still is out. Um, yeah. I think last time I had mentioned that he was out with his newborn baby. Um, uh, paternity leave, but extended paternity, paternity leave. leave. Yeah, love to see it. Still getting paid. Um, <laughs> kind of a little bit of a counterpoint. So I agree with you. I don't think we'll ever see a situation where Al Horford gets out there for 32 minutes a night or anything like right. that. I do think that there's that there's going to be some sort of consistency with minutes because yeah. I, I know that the goal for the thunder is to mm-hmm. raise his value, right? Like I agree that Isaiah Roby uh, needs to be developed, but the whole idea with Al Horford was very similar to Chris Paul, where you mm-hmm. take a distressed asset and you kind of like redo his image, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Like that's the whole goal for Al Horford. So I'm not, I'm not worried there. I think more so for him, he's just been out for a really long time and taken up one of my IR spots. Um, Is that how you feel about George Hill as well? Just out of curiosity or is George Hill a different situation? I think George Hill is different because George Hill like presently has value. Like I don't think he has to keep playing to have value. Um, so I actually see less minutes for George Hill and he's going to be more of like a mentor role for them or for the rest of the guys. Um, I did want to mention for, uh, Garrett's team. So Nikola Jokic is still uh, an absolute monster, like not Mm -hmm. taking away from that. But I believe we were highlighting early in the season. He was leading the league in assists at like 14 assists a game. Yeah, they've dropped off. And they have dropped, like, pretty significantly. So, like, he is – he's still a beast. And, like, two games ago, he had freaking 22 rebounds. Um, but his assist numbers are uh, are dropping a bit. And that was – I only noticed it because that was one of the categories that I actually got kind of close to him when I had significantly less players playing. And um, I, I think that my team is going to be one that gets more assists just because I'm pretty guard-heavy. Um, and my teams, or I look for players that are getting assists in different positions. Um, but that was something that I noticed from his team as far as like he was dominating people with assists specifically because of Jokic, and that has dropped off a little bit since. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And with uh, Paul George and CJ McCollum both out this week, if we continue to see that drop from Jokic, uh, he's either going to need – a trillion assists from players like John Morant, or he's going to struggle to compete yeah. in that area, I believe. Yep, I agree. Camden, did you have anything to add there? No, I was just going to say Jokic is a cheat code. It seems like <laughs> he just dominates every category. Uh, but no, nah, I think I'll cover everything else. He's so good, man. He's so good. Yeah. Let's move on to our next matchup here. So we had uh, Bowie, Team Cam's 
uh, Scam Sucks, and then John Wayne Gacy Pogo the Clown. Uh, that just does not roll off the tongue like it should. <laughs> um, uh, that big R. So Bowie ends up taking this matchup 7-1. to one. Uh, He won every single category except for rebounds. There were a few categories that were close, like blocks was within one, steals was within four, um, and then the percentages, as usual, are usually pretty close. Um, Gabe, what were uh, your thoughts here? Uh, Yeah, for Bowie's team, uh, LeBron James, just be careful looking quote, too excited when he misses a shot, especially if you're in Cleveland, because he might just take over the game (laughs) to remind you who he is. Um, So So just, like, watch where you're looking if you're in Cleveland especially, or probably Miami as well. Tell the story just in case people haven't heard it. So basically, LeBron James had, like, 40-something points last night, 21 in the fourth quarter, and... uh, I guess when asked afterwards, he said that somebody, he missed a buzzer beater at the end of the third quarter. And he said that somebody in the Cavs organization, like one of their uh, administrative player pl- people who were on the sidelines, looked a little bit too excited when he missed. And so he decided to uh, just close the game. And when LeBron James is hitting Bro. the three-point shot from Bro. like the logo, like, he, like some nights he's just got it. It like, what, what do you do? Like, there is nothing you can do. You just have to watch greatness. greatness. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's all you That's all you do. You stand back and you watch. 100%. Um, and then uh, getting into a different player of Bowie's, Michael Porter Jr. He looked really good in last night's game against the Mavericks, and he'll probably take back his starting role from Will Barton soon. Um I think that bodes well for Bowie's fantasy team because as long as he can get the minutes, he has a, a pretty well-rounded fantasy game. Um, and then Big R's team, uh, he was 12th overall in assists this week. Um, he's He's been here a couple times before, but only three players on his roster had double-digit assists this week. That was Julius Randle, Kevin Durant, and DeMontes Sabonis. And nobody had more than 19. And so it's going to be tough uh, for him if he can't get a little bit more out of those guys. Also, steals were pretty weak this week um, for Big R. He definitely needs more defensive firepower from his back-end guys. Uh, I look at guys like Kyle Kuzma, Dylan Brooks, and Duncan Robinson as guys who he could maybe uh, drop and pick up somebody on the day who might give him a higher chance at a steal because a lot of those guys are scorers, but um, it seems like if he's competing in the scoring categories, he might as well pick up somebody who could. And honestly, it's easier to find players who are getting steals at a high, at like not easier, but like some of the role players are on the waiver because of their defense. And so I feel like you, if you are targeting that, uh, you can definitely find some uh, diamonds in the rough for your waiver pickups. Uh, the reason that Big R lost in uh, field goal percentage, his first loss, was Julius Randle had an uncharacteristic 36.9% from the field on 65 shots, so caused him to lose his field goal percentage. Bowie's team also shot really well, but uh, that's uh, that's what I have for that matchup. I just wanted to point out uh, one player on each team. So for Bowie's team, you know, he came on the podcast and he 
mentioned Malcolm Brogdon and just how yeah. much a believer he was. Well, even since that podcast, like Malcolm Brogdon has just continued to play really, really well. And in fact, like uh, last night, he just had this incredible game. He had 36 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, uh, and a steal added on top of that. And that's just a player like, I know even when Bowie said that he was believing in him on the podcast, I was sitting there like, man, is this really a guy who can keep this up? Um, and like so far he's proving it. He has been really, really, really good um, yeah. for Bowie's fantasy team. And then over on a uh, big R side, I did just want to mention uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, and he's been, he had been playing really well, um, but he actually like had a, a kind of a scary – uh looking injury the other night or last night it was and they were they were actually worried enough about it that he was going to get an mri uh and they're everyone's like holding their breath for this mri but it did come back clean which is great news um for big r because sabonis has been one of his best fantasy players uh and so i believe he's listed as day-to-day but that's probably something we need to watch going forward I agree. Camden, anything Cam- here? Uh, I was just going to say, I feel like Big R has gotten the short end of the stick a little bit with Bradley Beal. Uh, I don't think he played at all the week before last, and I think he finally the, – the Wiz- I guess it was not him. I think he's healthy. It's just the Wizards in general. Yeah. Uh, so he finally got back to playing. I think he played two games last week. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's tough there. Uh, but then I, I also liked Gabe's point about uh, Michael Porter Jr. kind of I feel like he had some health problems going back into last season. Like, kind of his draft stock took a hit. Uh, but after COVID, he looks pretty solid. So I feel like that's a that'll be a nice one. I do think he gets back to that starting position as well. Yep. Uh, just a note on the Wizards. So uh, remember, I made that trade for Russell Westbrook oh, yeah. in our league. <laughs> How and- are you feeling about it? Oh, I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling really good, and it's actually because so here's the crazy part about the wizard schedule. They were struggling so much with COVID that the entire time Russell Westbrook was out with his injury, he missed one Wizards game. Oh wow! So like that's how far behind the Wizards are in all of these games, and that's why you say Camden that you know Big R got the short end of the stick. Um. He has like I think they've literally pay, played two games in in uh two and a half weeks or three weeks, and so Sheesh. that's why it feels the way it does with those Wizards games. There was a while where me and Zach got a text from Big R like every day of like oh well Wizards delayed another game All right, there's <laughs> another game so we got all complaining about that nice I I love just thinking that Big R texting you guys complaining and zach's just yeah, complaining yeah, right just, back to him I, I hate oh my god i won't even get into it but it's like i hate fantasy basketball with big r and then zach's like well luca missed this game and, <laughs> so, and he's trying to reason that big r's guys missed three weeks straight <laughs> two games total yeah it's great oh uh, that sounds about right gosh vegas was so fun with you guys um, yeah, i'm surprised you remember the trade actually yeah no 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 chill out chill out uh <laughs> Okay, moving on to our next matchup here. We've got uh, Suck My Dirk versus Halleluca. Oh, two Mavs themes here. I didn't even realize you played uh, Zach this week, Camden. Yeah, there's a good amount of talking uh, 
I guess off the off the chat. So yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so we'll actually start with you. So uh, so Zach uh, won again this week. He won five three over you, Camden. Five categories he won were field goal percentage, three pointers made, rebounds, assists, and blocks. The three categories you won were free throw percentage, steals, and points. Um, what was the what was the week like? Uh, what was the talking like between you and Zach? How do you feel like your team did? Well, I mean, I'll just let it be known that if Cat didn't miss every single game from COVID, I seven won Zach. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess assists might have been close, but rebounds I beat him in, three pointers beat him in, uh, blocks beat him in, and then assists would have been close. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing with Zach. If you, if you say something like that, he immediately brings up, "Well, Porzingis didn't play this game." <laughs> So that's the fun part about it, trying to reason to Zach that my number one pick, uh, not playing, is not equivalent to John Wall and Porzingis not playing. So that's always a fun little debate. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think as long as Luca is putting up 30-point triple-doubles or 20-point triple-doubles, that's always going to be kind of a tough category to beat him in, rebound assists and stuff like that. Um. And I, I don't remember too much on my team. I know I had a few people. Uh, I know Pascal uh, missed, I think, two of the last three games that he played kind of towards the end of the week. So um, and I think they were kind of last second kind of announcements. So those always kill me. Um, yeah. Oubre, obviously continuing his ways of <laughs> leading the Trash Brothers. <laughs> so that's fun. Dude, I was, I was actually just about to ask you. I was like, man, I feel like. We just need to bring you on for for three minutes every podcast just to get an update on the Trash Brothers, and to continue like hearing that nickname uh really like solidify itself with uh between you and Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. So yeah, every time I look, it's like wow, one for fifteen. That's impressive. I don't <laughs> understand how you do that. Like I think at that point, like I could probably make more uh high percentage shots than they do but it's probably not the truth but i like to i like to think i could yeah real Uh, real quick on the topic of zach complaining about refereeing when we were talking during the uh divisional championship games zach said that he could make better calls and i don't know if he was joking or not do y'all really think that or is that just like something that he's saying and if you're just listening to it just let it be known that Zach legitimately felt like he could say that he could do a better job calling holding and pass interference and all of these little judgment calls than the NFL refs that get paid to do so. No, dude, he 100% believes it like that. That that is actually true. And he's going to go back and listen to this podcast and he's going to be like, what the heck guys? I was just joking. But no, dude, he actually believes it. It's why he complains about refs so much. Like you should hear, you should like watch an actual game with him. It is, is unbearable. And like Camden can speak to that as well. He 100% believes it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think at one point actually he was trying to be a high school football ref. I think gotcha. he had uh, some type of family member. So, I mean, I, I think that at one point he was actually looking at it. Um, and I, I, I will say that usually, like, most of his arguments, especially about refereeing, like, are rooted in some sort of truth. Like, I think if you if he was able to, like, be the guy in the booth, like, who watches it at, like, microseconds at a time, <laughs> like, he might be able to, oh, like, man. appease himself because then, like, you can genuinely make the right call every single time. 
But if you're just like in the heat of the moment, you're having to watch 10 things at once. I feel like that's the talent in and of itself. Like there's no way I'm catching every single thing that happens on the field and avoiding all of these things and running with them. Like it's just no way. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like even <laughs> to your point of like being up in the booth, I feel like there's so many times still where it's like, well, that's just a toss up. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if they say this, I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But if they say this, yeah, I guess that also makes sense. Like it's just, there's no real winning if you're a referee. Who's True. the who's the guy Fox brings in uh for like those expert analysis? Oh, I forget. And he gets like every single one wrong. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah, no, what? As, as soon as they come on, I immediately like, okay, it's gonna be the opposite of what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, Anyways, I don't know how we got off on that tangent. Actually, I do because I asked the question. It was your fault for you sure. Anything else, uh, Camden or? No, yeah, I mean, we'll that's the uh, thing that I'll, I'll take it to my grave that I seven one Zach if Cat plays. I believe it. I believe it. All right. So, uh, from my perspective, I thought for Zach, uh, Luca going ten for ten on free throws last night is the most encouraging thing for his fantasy team. I think that like it's great getting thirty, sixteen, and eleven, but like free throws were always going to be something that held Luca back from being like a true number one caliber player in fantasy. But if he can bump that up. He's going to be amazing. He's going to rival players like Jokic and, uh, I mean, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, like players like that. If he can get his free throws up, he's going to be so, so valuable for fantasy. Um, I wanted to ask Zach about LaMelo Ball because he's been losing minutes because of turnovers, according to his coach. So I just wanted to get Zach's thoughts there. But did y'all have any thoughts or did y'all see that about LaMelo Ball? So I... I actually had not seen that. Um, so I don't know what, how many, how much my thoughts are going to make sense there. But I no, will say, I will I, say though, I, like, how has Devontae Graham been playing? Cause I feel like early in the season, up until recently, like that was, that one probably made the most sense for whose spot he should take in the starting lineup. Um, yeah. So I do wonder if it, if any of it matters towards like Devonte Graham's been playing better. I I just I don't know that to be yeah. true. No, so Graham, Graham has been playing better, and it, it between Graham and Rogier, like they both have off games and they both have games where they play well. And it's not that like either one of them is objectively bad per se, but it's just like a player like Lamelo Ball who has like real superstar upside. Um it's got to be frustrating from a fantasy point of view, especially uh, to see his minutes decreased because he's being careless with the basketball. Yeah. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me just from like a standpoint of, you know, you, like we talked about with the thunder, like you're trying to develop these guys. Um, right. I do know that there's like a tremendous amount of pressure from the ownership in Charlotte yeah. uh, to win now. And so, I, I bet that that has something to do with it. Um, and honestly, on the back of Gordon Hayward, dude, it's, uh, it's looking like that is a real possibility he's, because he's been good, he's going man. Crazy. He's yeah. been so good. Um, but yeah, uh, what more did you have there, Gabe? Okay, so then we get into Delon Wright, who I know that this was for this week, but he went ballistic last night. 28 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block. That has to be his best game that he has all season, right? Like, it has to be. That's yeah. This is with no Derrick Rose. This is, like, perfect storm of scenarios and just insane. I think he shot 
60%, like something like he shot a great percentage from three as well. Went like seven of eight from the line. Like he just played really, really well. And so that was not something that I saw coming, but it does help Zach. It sets him up well, at least for this week um, against me. It's those uh, Pistons. It's those Pistons players, Zach. (laughs) You know, you know about them. Dude, Jeremy Grant has been, besides Steph Curry and Kawhi, who like we knew were great, especially for fantasy, like Jeremy Grant has been maybe my third best player. No kidding. No kidding. I, like, I believe it. He's been so good. Just, and I picked him in like the 11th round. Like, makes no sense. But anyways, for this team, we've got field goal percentage woes again. 12th overall on the week. Uh, Jamal Murray and Kelly Oubre struggled shooting the ball this week. Uh, they they went a combined 37 for 99 from the field. And I wanted to highlight some Man. of the Golden State um, identity problems that they're they're attempting to fix some of them. I felt like there was going to be a lineup change at some point. Uh, I thought that it was either going to be James Wiseman to the bench for Kevon Looney, or another one that I thought made sense was Kelly Oubre to the bench for Damian Lee, because then Kelly Oubre gets to play with that second unit. He has a lot more freedom attacking the basket. And like you can just tell when he's out there, when they sit the bench, when they when they send the bench unit out there, but they leave Kelly Oubre out, like in that rotation, um, he he looks so much more comfortable. He is able to like do what he wants to with the ball rather than like force himself into a three-point shot that he doesn't want to take or like get a get the pass like late in the shot clock and can't really do the work that Kelly Oubre can do. And uh, I think that Andrew Wiggins has adjusted a lot better to his role on this team than has Kelly Oubre. And so that's just something to keep watching because I really do feel like Kelly Oubre, he clicks well with that second unit. So I want to see if Steve Kerr uh, decides anything regarding that. James Wiseman, um, is he, he went to the bench and like they won by like, 20 something and he still had like a minus two yesterday when kevon looney was like a plus 21 so like he's just i know that steve kerr said it was for experience he said it was for defense and like i believe all of those things but you just you i know that james wiseman's a rookie no training clap blah 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 but like you just you want somebody who is able to like play that isolated pick and roll defense and is able to use their length like he's seven foot one but sometimes when he's in the pick and roll he's not really using his entire length and marquise chris uh talked a little bit about it when i was watching the broadcast and he uh he felt a lot of the same way but um i don't know obviously the warriors are going to believe in wiseman but from a fan and like a fantasy analyst point of view i don't know that wiseman is like a true, true starting five in this league um, this year and even in the future, unless he starts to develop defensively. And uh, sorry, I got off on a tangent. No, about the Warrior, but... I was like, man, this guy did some Warrior deep dive this week. Well, I have a lot of the Warriors too, and I they're always on national TV, so I get to listen to them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's uh, true. Like you get to make your own assumptions. Plus, I was on record saying that Steve Kerr might not be a great coach. I agree. If he doesn't have great players, so I felt like I have to back up some of the takes that I have had in the past, so that I'm not just spitballing here and then like never admitting that I was right or wrong. Well, that's what I do, Gabe. So <laughs> try not to give away my secrets. 
And so, and then I just wanted to talk about Mello for a second. He started for the Trailblazers, but uh, the team yesterday, they started Mello at the four and Ennis Cantor at the five. And those are two guys when, like, coaches are drawing up offensive game plans. Like, you want your offensive players going at Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony. So I just, I feel like they would be a liability on defense. And I mean, they lost to that Thunder team, but it does help when Melo gets into the starting lineup to like put up the counting stats. Uh, I don't know that he'll ever shoot a great percentage, especially from three, but it helps with steals, blocks, rebounds, and that sort of thing. So I think for fantasy, um, while they're shorthanded, Melo could be a good, but I just like from a basketball perspective, there's no way that you're expecting to win that many games with Melo and Ennis Cantor starting as your four and your five. Don't uh, don't yep. tell Dame that. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. It was funny watching that game last night, and the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, you know, if this was the mellow we got in OKC, like this would have been enough to win games. But sadly, no, he was horrible with Oklahoma City. Um, yeah. But, I mean, to your point, like he's a terrible defender, but he's been playing pretty well offensively for them. Yeah. I think he's got a role. It's just like, I don't know. For a player that's washed. Yeah, exactly. Like some players are able to adjust to that role and some still like play as if they were uh, their younger, more spry selves. Yeah. 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 Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup here. We've got James gives me a Harden versus Ruth Bader Winsburg. Um, so who is Ruth Bader Winsburg again? I forget. Dang it, I forget every time. Sorry, Ramsey. <laughs> Ramsey Ramsey beats Ryan five to three. Five categories Ramsey won was three pointers, rebounds, steals, blocks, and points. The three categories that Ryan won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and assists. Uh Gabe, what was the analysis here? So Ramsey, after making a trade. Uh, last week, he dealt DeAndre Ayton. He still wins big man stats. And I had a feeling that this was going to happen because even though he said in group chats that he's building for the future, blah, 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 like he's still got a pretty good team. And so I think that he'll be competing. He might change his mind after a game like this. I know that it's, uh, I don't know, it's a weekly league, so you can make some emotional decisions here and there. Um, but yeah, he was first and second overall in the week for rebounds and blocks. Anthony Davis, Vucevic, and Mitchell Robinson, they combined for 116 rebounds and 14 blocks, uh, just putting up great numbers uh, for big men. Cole Anthony has been coming on as of late last night, 21 points, four threes, five rebounds, three assists uh, in a win against the Hornets. He had that game-winning shot, and I think that, that that instilled in him a lot of the confidence that he had been lacking and as a rookie, like how much confidence can you really come in with? And so I just think it's a, another rookie that's developing kind of right in front of our eyes. It's fun to watch. And you can see how fast, how fast some of these guys can learn the game at the NBA speed and just how much some of these other guys uh, have struggled. And so, uh, yeah, Cole Anthony, I think is going to be pretty good um, in the absence of uh, Markel Fultz. And then for Ryan, uh, I thought he had a, a pretty weak showing in blocks. He was 12th overall in the week. Aside from Jared Allen, he didn't get very many blocks from anyone. And since his team is already uh, below average in blocks, uh, he really needs players like Bam Adebayo and Serge Ibaka 
they both only had one block this week. He needs those guys to be getting like one block a game to be really competitive in that category. Uh, I did want to mention, so Peyton Pritchard was the guy that um, uh, 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 Ramsey had traded for. Yeah. And he suffered, I believe it said an MCL sprain in his right knee on the 23rd. But even right before that, the two games before um, his injury, he was virtually non-existent in those games. Actually, the three games beforehand. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. It just seemed like a – you knew you were losing on that trade, but I don't know that he thought he was losing this much uh, yeah. from a player perspective. And so I hear what you're saying on the big man stats when it comes to him, um, but that's because he has just – he honestly just has so many bigs on his yeah. team that it's going to be tough for him to lose those stats. I do wonder, you know, at what point does the trade-off begin to really hurt him as soon as, like, this week, right? Losing that production that right. DeAndre Ayton, not that he was great, but he gave me, he, he had something, you know. No, I agree. Um, and I think Pritchard, when he comes back, he'll come back and probably take Jeff Teague's minutes. And I don't know that he'll be fantasy relevant, but I do still think, like, even in the games where he had no counting stats, like, he still looked good to me, like, from a NBA player perspective. I think he'll just – it's a crowded guard rotation. Yeah. Kemba yeah. healthy. Um, Camden, did you have anything that you saw for this matchup? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, what y'all said, too, but I, I I do feel like Ramsey has such a safe floor um, with the blocks and the, the rebounds um, that it'll be tough to ever, like, he'll always have that floor of kind of basically two guaranteed wins. Um, yeah. But I, I do wonder if he could have sold Aiton for more. Uh, I don't remember, what was it, a third and a twelfth is what the swap was? Yeah, it was basically Aiton for a third and then Pritchard a for a tenth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm still, I guess, probably a little confused on the, the value of trades and kind of the draft picks compared to how football is, but I yeah. mean, it works kind of similar. But, yeah, I, I still, I guess it's kind of early to kind of... No, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. By the end of the season, we're going to have to decide if maybe he could have gotten more than a third for him. Yeah, but, I mean, like, just looking at it, he does have so many bigs I <laughs> I, yeah. I guess it makes sense to kind of maybe try to trade into kind of maybe more of a guard and kind of help out with the assists and kind of some of the smaller numbers. But, but yeah. yeah, that was kind of my main takeaway. Good point. Good point. Hey, Gabe, I I meant to ask you, how has Victor Oladipo looked uh, for the Rockets as well as uh, for Ryan? Yeah, he's looked pretty good. Uh, he's been out for a little while. And I know that he's playing tonight, which I didn't get to watch much of. But uh, like I said, I just, we haven't seen him with John Wall splitting the ball handling, uh, like the role. I know that, um, like, he's always prob- he's always going to be able to get uh, a, a bucket. Like, he's a pretty good scorer. But I want to see how he fits into the offense a little bit better. I want to see what the usage looks like. Um, but RGM has come out and said basic like they're basically going to continue to be aggressive in pursuing uh, free agents and like they're not dead set on draft pick rebuild. They like want to continue to compete um, like in the short term. So that's I mean that's cool. I'm I'm excited for that. 
I could probably answer that question a little bit better next week after getting some more uh, Rockets games under my yeah. belt. But yeah, for now, I'm encouraged. I think that, like, he... I mean, he's been an NBA All-Star before. And so, I like, if he can get anywhere close to that form, um, I think we'll be in good shape. Yep, yep, yep. I was just curious early on what that looked like. But obviously, it's going to continue to change um, sure. on the thoughts there. Let's go ahead and move on to our second-to-last matchup here. Uh, we have, I believe, our first 8-0 of the year. It's... Uh, Team Kelleher, a.k.a. The Architect, a.k.a. Bobby, versus Papi Chulo, a.k.a. Daniel. Uh, Daniel gets uh, eight-o'd, skunked, first one of the hate year. Hate to see. Uh, and so, obviously, uh, The Architect wins every single category. Gabe, what were your thoughts here? Yeah, not much here. Uh, Bobby, really strong showing in field goal percentage. Miles Turner and DeAndre Ayton, insanely great weeks. Miles Turner had some hand uh, issues. I believe he broke like a small bone in his hand. Doesn't appear to be bothering him. He's putting up like monster numbers in the running for defensive player of the year. Just, uh, I mean, he's an offensive juggernaut, a defensive juggernaut, playing great. DeAndre Ayton shot almost 70% from the field this week on 42 shots. A uh, huge boost to field goal percentage. Man. Playing great um, as well. He, when I had first watched some Suns games, he had been looking like he was getting pushed around a little bit. And as of lately, he has looked a lot like just bigger on the block and uh, not letting himself get little Boyd quite as much. So I have been positively... Um, encouraged by DeAndre Aiden's play as of late. And like we were talking about earlier, uh, the way that he finishes out the season is going to largely dictate uh, whether that trade was a win in Bobby or Ramsey's favor. Uh, Blocks, Bobby was first overall in the week as well. This is, again, the aforementioned duo of Miles Turner and DeAndre Aiden. They combined for 16 blocks in seven games. So that's just that's that's insane. That's over two blocks wow. a game between the two of them. Like they're they're defensively, offensively playing great. And you need players like that to win the blocks category. Like you can't have players who are getting one block a game, one block a week, and expect to really compete because there are players who are like just great shot blockers in the NBA. And these are two of them. Uh for Daniels, uh he I mean he had weak categories in minutes, I will say. Uh, and in turn, he had weak points. Uh, he was 12th overall on the week in both of those. Daniels players played a mere 853 combined minutes to Bobby's 1241. And I think that's a myriad of uh, like COVID absences, postponements, and just um, like not really maximizing the games that you can play. But that's about all I have to say about that matchup. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, there's not too much there. <laughs> It was, a, it was a smackdown. It was it was an absolute smackdown. But um, Camden, did you have anything there? Only thing is, uh, I'd just like to personally thank Daniel for getting the first one out of the way, so it's not me. <laughs> Retweet. I respect that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. I was going into this week, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna be the first ADO. Like, I did everything in my power just to like not get ADO'd by Garrett, and then I saw uh, Daniel did, and I was like. Thank God. Thank God. I know. Pressure's off now. (laughs) 
Let's go to our last matchup here. So we had uh, Gabe versus Nick, and this ended up being probably the most competitive matchup of the week as it ended up in a tie, 4-4. Four to four. Um, And the four categories that Nick won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, blocks, and points. The four categories that you won, Gabe, were three-pointers made, rebounds, assists, and steals. Um, what were what were your thoughts? How were you feeling this week? Like, were you sweating it out going into the last day? Uh, how'd it go? Yeah, so this was, this was an absolute juggernaut of a matchup. He or I led the league in five of the eight categories, and we were second place in a couple of the others. Like, wow, this was man. a juggernaut of a matchup. It ended up coming down to Sunday, in which he bested me in blocks and points. I blame Trey Young and Clint Capella because they took the night off, therefore letting uh, <laughs> Nick's Hawks players, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins, do whatever they wanted, and so they went off. Uh, we were also tied in blocks before, like when I went to bed, and because Ennis Cantor plays at like freaking midnight our time, and when I woke up, Ennis Cantor had three blocks, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, for me, uh, steals, no surprise, uh, led the week because of the Toronto duo, Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. They combined for 20 steals on the week. Threes, uh, OG Ananobi and Steph Curry combined for 33 threes. Uh, I only had one player who I played that didn't hit a three, and that was Willie Cauley-Stein, who I really only streamed in for one game. Um, assists, Golden State duo of Draymond Green and Steph Curry combined for 54 assists. And seven other players on my team had double-digit assists on the week, so we were we were dishing the ball this week pretty well. Team players. Team players, indeed. Uh, Nick had a strong showing in points. He was first overall on the week. Uh, Jalen Brown, 101 points in three games. Donovan Mitchell, 87 points in three games. Uh, and free throw percentage. The team shot really well from the line this week, and only one player on his team uh, missed more than three free throws, and that was Jalen Brown. And so if he can get that, and uh, Jalen Brown might be like the worst free throw shooter on his team. And I, I say worst as in he like takes the most, like he misses the most, so he impacts the percentages the most because he takes so many, and he shoots like 70-ish percent. Right. And so uh, if you can patch up that hole uh, with some of the other ones, Nick is in good shape. I thought this was a really, really competitive matchup. And uh, honestly, I was pleased with the way that my team played and Nick's team played. Yeah, so it's interesting, too, because both of you guys um, are utilizing, I feel like, um, waivers a little bit more so than the rest of the league. Like, I feel like both of you guys have, you know, five, five-ish players that you feel like is fine to drop, maybe even more than that, like five to six players, where most of the league is operating under the assumption of like three players that they're willing to drop, right? Like I know for myself, I'm at, I'm probably at like that three to four range of players I'm willing to drop, and you guys yeah, are... The whole bottom of my bench is expendable. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they switch up you know and i and that's that's different strategies for like different team construction right like i've heard you talk about that but yeah. um it was it was cool because this was a matchup where both of you guys were going to have to be on your waiver wire pickups um and as i've mentioned before i always felt like nick has been like a really good waiver wire pickup guy 
Um, and to see you guys tie, like, just goes to show, like, how competitive it was throughout the week. So I thought it sure, was a sure. fun matchup there. Camden, did you have uh, anything on this matchup? Uh, I mean, it's tough to really go in anymore details and kind of, like, game covered. Um, yeah. But, no, I, I guess the, the only thing, yeah, I would kind of second the, the waiver pickups. It's kind of 7-7 seven and seven for both y'all. And I know, like, yeah. For me, I know I didn't do as many. I, I feel like just around the league, it's not seven out of seven or even six out of seven for the most part. So that's the one kind of other big area, I would say. Yeah, you guys yeah. were the only two people that used all of your, all seven of your uh, waiver wire pickups for the week. Yeah. And I like, it's not that I think the players at the bottom of my bench are bad. It's just that, like, with COVID, with injuries, like, if I can get a starter, for like seven games in a row, like like players don't play back to back to back to back. So like I'm literally getting a free a free three or four games out of that spot if I just stream a spot. So like that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no, 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 and it's obviously working for you. You're uh, yeah, both of you guys are doing really well so far this yeah. season. So, um, anything more here on the matchups, guys? No, that's all I got. Yeah, that's good for me. Well, let's go ahead and move into just our last segment here. Uh, Camden, I'm going to kind of let you take the reins a little bit. Uh, it's going to be our uh, matchup preview. So it's for week six. And can you kind of describe what you're looking at, like kind of what the data shows you? I know it shows you majority um, and then obviously like we'll be able to keep track of everybody's picks throughout the season. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? And then we'll kind of go into the weekly matchups after that. Sure. So, I mean, I guess just, I mean, we did have majority, I think three people didn't respond. So I won't publicly call you out, but, uh, you need to do better. <laughs> I bet uh, I can go. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. just look at records. I'm sure it's, it correlates. Uh, um, but just to kind of give an overview of kind of what I did, it's all through SurveyMonkey, um, kind of just all the team names, the matchups, and everything like that. And from there, it gives me the, the results, and I'm just putting it into um, an Excel. It's pretty kind of simple stuff, nothing too outlandish or anything like that. Um, but so kind of just going through the picks, um, and I do have, okay, so Barnacle Boys, so uh, Nick versus me. Um, 9-0 in favor of me. It was a little bit surprising to see everybody picking the underdog to win. Um, well, there's no way that's true. Yeah, y'all didn't put me in charge of this. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was perfect on all my picks. Uh, Where's the, uh, the integrity uh, camera? Yeah, yeah. I need to see the yeah, screen. No, uh, yeah, so 9-0 for Nick in that one. Oh, um, man. Uh, the next matchup is Bowie, uh, which scam sucks ass. I noticed you left off the, the ass part, uh, <laughs> so I figured I would add that in there. This you time. usually do, uh, yep. Uh, versus James gives me a Harden. Uh, this one was 7-2 in favor of Bowie. Okay. Uh, I mean, that always pains me a little bit to say that Bowie is favored by anybody. Bro, Bowie's team is good. <laughs> Yeah, but it's Bowie, so like, you <laughs> imagine that somebody has to take a hit for that. That <laughs> statement is what I've agreed with more on this podcast than any statement ever. That, but that's Bowie, and I'm like, yep, yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then we have Team Kelleher and 
penis punchers 2.0 Okay. Um, 5-4 in favor of Garrett. Oh, that's wow. a good one. Yeah, nail-biter. Yeah, so that one was, I think, the closest matchup we had. Oh, actually, we have one other. Uh, but yeah, so 5-4 for Garrett. Um, the next matchup is Rodman with the good D versus Hallelujah. Um, I am in favor of saying this one out loud, but it is 7-2 in favor of Gabe. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunate for you, Zach, but... Does that mean Zach voted twice for himself? Uh, it might have. I'd have to go back and look it out three or four times. I, I don't think you can do that, but Zach might find, try to find a way. Make a new account. Yeah, yeah. Type the link in. Yeah, he's sending it to Katie and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did pick himself. I actually, I'm curious. I didn't look at it, but uh, I'm curious if anybody didn't pick themselves in their matchup. Well, uh, at least one, because there was a 9-0, right? Oh, yeah, no, that was me. Yeah, I'm the only honest one here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even said in the chat, don't just pick yourself just because you're picking yourself. <laughs> and I think everybody um, did, except for the championship. I think we did have a few people uh, pick different there. I respect um, you. Yeah. Uh, and Cam, I, I hate saying the name out loud. It just kind of doesn't go very well, I feel like. The Age Pound Tears, Presti to Goat. Um, you did great. Versus who's oh versus Daniel Poppy Chulo. Um, this one, uh, I mean, obviously not a surprise, but eight one. So mm-hmm. okay. uh, Bowie actually did pick against Bowie, of course. Ooh. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, I figured that would be a nine zero as well, but no, Bowie uh, had to be that guy. Whatever, Bowie. Whatever. And then Ruth Bader Winsberg versus Pogo the Clown. And this one actually is pretty surprising, but um, the people spoke five to four in favor of Ramsey. So Ramsey still has the the edge, but I'm surprised yeah. that as close as that with they are. Yeah. They are second to last in the standings. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah, so um, yeah, I thought that one was kind of interesting. Dude, um, that's cool. Yeah, do y'all want to go into kind of who's everybody's picks were for championships or? Yeah, 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 for sure. Let's do that. Yeah, that way uh, the, we don't come back later and you've changed them all or someone else is like, no, nah, I picked them, I swear. Very true. Yeah, no, we, we have it. There's no changing now. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll leave that one in there as the question. So I mean, <laughs> if, if somebody does want to change their opinion per week, yeah. well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could just do it once. I guess it's up to y'all. But It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, like a power, like a weekly power rankings. That might be too yeah, confusing. Like but... Yeah, I could look at it and see what we can do. But yeah, that would be interesting. That's some real data analysis right there. Yeah, like I said, my data entry uh, might be a little outdated <laughs> for that. Um, okay, so looking at who people picked as champion, um, Garrett cut two votes, one oh, from man. himself, um, and then one from Nick. Nick gave him the that second Respect. one. Um, Nick did get one vote, and it was from me. Um, nice. Uh, I have faith in Nick moving forward. Um, Ryan, not Big R. Um, obviously, nobody picks Big R. No. <laughs> but the games gives me a harden. Uh, he received one vote from himself. Um, nice. So I'm nice. a little bit disappointed in the picking yourselves, but we'll let it slide. Uh, Bowie, of course, also got one vote from himself. Wow, Likewise, just one, really. Yeah, no. Uh, 
even Bowie has to love himself a little bit. Um, and then Gabe actually um, received four. Wow. You uh, rounded out the remainder of our of our picks. Nice, nice. Yeah, so right now I would say you are the the unanimous number one in the power rankings. We can do like uh, like betting odds, and then people can if they are checked out of their own team, you can just bet on the other teams, and that can add to the pool of uh, of money. And so you'll get a cut of the winnings of your team, like that you bet on. Yo, if you... I did try to get Bernard to submit the survey by telling him that uh, we decided that whoever gets the, the most accurate on picks would win $50 out of the pocket. Anyway, I figured I might be able to bribe him a little bit. Did he, did he vote? More about me, did he did vote, he vote? Camden? Oh, no, sorry. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Uh, I knew more about, like, <laughs> if I knew more about like the spread math, that goes into like betting analysis and stuff. That could be a funny uh, idea. There, but... there is no way we're taking that on year one by ourselves. <laughs> that is not we'll happening. Vegas. We'll just outsource it to Vegas. <laughs> They've got plenty of time on their hands. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was cool, Camden. Thank, hey, thanks again for putting all that together and the idea. Like, I think that's, I think that'll be really neat to get to talk about each week. And like you said, like, it kind of gives everybody a piece of uh, participation each week for everything so that's really cool for sure well boys you got anything else that's all i have well let's wrap it up let's wrap it up here today camden thanks again for filling in for our slacker zach uh hey did you have any uh shout outs you wanted to give before you leave the pod yeah, um, I mean, I imagine that it'll be an overwhelming uh, a favorite episode due to the lack of Zach's voice and kind of a, a better Mavs fan to kind of more to kind of hold, hold the play. More than uh, likely, no, no, no referee bashing or anything like that. <laughs> no complaining. Uh, just good times, really. Um, I mean, I, I would shout out Big R, but he he won't. He won't be here this far into the episode, I imagine. He'll probably <laughs> stop by now. He, he can't listen for too long anyway. He's not that smart. Uh, and Bowie, I, I just generally hate you. So that's kind of just where, where we are. Nice, nice. Love it. Love it. Well, Gabe, have a great week, man. You guys have a great week. Uh, good luck to everybody, and we will see you all next time. Always a pleasure.